Welbeck, that's a dreadful call, and Chelsea could be in here with Goff, who goes for goal and scores! Finds the back of the net. Henri! What a goal! Inspiration for Arsenal from Thierry Henri. Miller, lovely cushion header for Gerrard! The Ghost Goal Podcast. Liverpool's title quest continued this past weekend as they beat down red-hot Southampton 4-0. Roberto Firmino bagging a hat-trick of assists in that one. Tottenham and Jose Mourinho shocked the Premier League with a 2-0 win over Manchester City. No striker, no problem for Spurs as Heunman, Son, and Bergvine bagged goals and handed City their sixth loss of the Premier League season. Leicester drew at Chelsea in a game which saw Antonio Rudiger snag a brace for the Blues. Chelsea are still four points clear in the race for the top four. Wolves and United drew as Bruno Fernandes got his Manchester United debut. Arsenal and Burnley also drew as the EPL headed into its winter break. Welcome to the Ghost Goal Podcast. I'm Andrew Passaro. We got the whole squad back. I feel like we haven't done one of these in a while, but we got Alex Moss, Javier Arevalo. Everyone, how was how are we all doing? Gang, gang. <laughs> yeah, it's good to be back. It's, it's very good it's, to be back. I don't know. I'm I'm still in the same phase of. Uh... We we still we're we're getting we're getting draws and but not not too much excitement right now. It's not all about Arsenal, Javier. We're not just asking about Arsenal. It is. It is. <laughs> yes, we are. I feel like every time do, do, when someone on the street asks you how are you doing, Javier, do you just go, you know, I'm still the same as I was when we My fired team Emery? Sucks. Exactly. <laughs> They're just like, what are you talking about? Right. <laughs> Hey, listen, we're unbeaten in 2020 uh, along yeah, with yeah. Liverpool. I, I too saw that uh, meme. A few other teams. We're uh, we're, we're big time. Remember we're big that time. stat because I've got another stat later. That's all I'm saying. But uh, I have an all-time tweet that perfectly represents Javier right now. Dogs don't watch sports, and that's why they're happy all the time. So there there we go. But uh, follow us on Twitter at GhostGoalPod, at Andrew Passaro, at ASMoss92. And Javier doesn't have one, so I don't, I don't have one to plug there. But, you know. I might get a Twitter soon. Oh. Twitter's kind of fun. It's possible. I'm thinking about it more. Uh, Speaking of fun, we had a nice little fun one to open the weekend, which was Leicester City's 2-2 draw against Chelsea. Uh, Antonio Rudiger in the 46th, Barnes in the 54th, Chilwell in the 64th, and Rudiger again in the 71st. Alex, you talked about on the last pod how you would take a draw in this type of game because Leicester City are a top side, and you'll take any points you can get in this situation. Uh, you were up in this game, or you were down in this game. You come back and get the uh, come back and get a point. How did you feel about this? We were also up in this game. Thank you very much <laughs> for right. for about five minutes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can't I can't complain with the result. There are a bunch of chances missed. We had spells of the game where we played really well and created those chances, and just and right also for uh, Leicester as well. So overall, you you can't be too mad with the result it, it was more like uh the, the frustration more came from like frank's t- uh i guess squad choice uh the the caballero randomly dr- jumping up in goal for keppa i don't know what message he's trying to send keppa like i i get it everyone seems to be on the the sell keppa bandwagon recently but i'm at the mindset that there's a far better chance of that second goal not going in if it's Kepa in there and not Caballero. Caballero tends to lose his head and go for things that he shouldn't, whereas Kepa has the opposite instinct of staying on his line and waiting till it's absolutely necessary to come off and get something. So uh, 
that that was one area that I was pretty frustrated with. Uh, and then the other one is Pedro starting. Like, we haven't been playing a ton of games recently. There must have been some kind of knock or something to keep Willian out. I'm not, and I'm not the biggest Willian fan either, but at this point in his career, there's no, there's no reason why Pedro should be starting a Premier League game against a, a, another top four side away over someone like Willian. Like, especially with Pulisic out, we just, there were some really bad, like, decisions from Pedro and... Uh, William only came on for the last 15 minutes, so he didn't have that much time to really like get us uh, get us a winner or anything. So in the end, you just have to be happy we didn't lose. We've been losing way way too many games to teams way worse than Leicester. So there was always that like thought in the back of my head that they could that we could just not show up and get pummeled. So how many teams could you say haven't lost to Leicester this year? Liverpool. Not that many. I mean, Liverpool. Did City lose to them? Uh, I don't remember. Hold on, I'll pull up. I don't think so. I think City. I think, think City might have beat them twice, but you know, we we we've done pretty well for ourselves. They're gonna play City this later this month for the second game. Oh, okay. So and they did yeah. lose to them three one away. So you 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 know you don't have the full you don't have the full uh, full slate yet, but you know we'll see. Shout out to Antonio Rudiger. He's back. Shout out to big center backs this week. Yeri Mina with a brace for Everton uh, and Antonio Rudiger with a brace for Chelsea. That's good some, see, it's good to have him back on the score sheet. That's some OG Premier League shit. Do you think uh, Do you think Frank Lampard like made the wrong squad choices or like do you think he just like do you think this is a, this is kind of a recurring problem well, this I mean, season, right? That, that's like, where I'm, I'm kind that. of second guessing myself because – Yes, everything I just said about Pedro and Caballero being included, I, I think that applies. But at the same time, I don't know the, what's going on with the inner workings of the squad as well as, the obviously, the manager or the head coach. So, I mean, that, that's why I'm mentioning that maybe William had some kind of knock or something that kept him from training too much. It's just... And that's that's where, like, I mean... <sighs> I know you're. It's not all about Arsenal, but we we've been starting Mustafi lately, and I've just, I've just had faith that like something's happening in training. He sees something because there's no way that you're just like rationally like, oh yeah, I'm gonna play Skodron Mustafi in this game, and it's gonna be a good idea alongside David right. Luiz. So he must. But Pedro think- and Caballero were like really strange sightings to see. Pedro would like maybe come on. For the last ten minutes of games in the Premier League specifically, Pedro's been, he's not like, been Pedro's playing. been a very he's, he's not been playing this season. Guys, he's so. he's seriously been saved for a Carabao sure. Cup and FA Cup. But it's because you you now have Hudson Odoi and Pulisic that are injured. No, Hudson so Odoi is Hudson Odoi is now going to be the next next in line. Hudson, Odo- Hudson Odoi played. It was no, him and Pedro and Tammy Abraham up front. It's yeah, and then William was on the bench, came on for the last fifteen minutes, but I guess maybe wasn't healthy enough to start. It's it's. It's confusing stuff, but hopefully Pulisic is back after the break and, you know, we pick up right where we left off with that strongest team that went on that eight-game win streak, like, early on in the season. You guys should have probably gotten someone in January. Yeah, but who's available that's worth it? You guys had the transfer ban reduced, and you had all this money. I mean, Arsenal brought in players. Tottenham brought in some actual quality that made a difference that we'll talk about in a, in a, in a bit here. And there's teams like uh, Sheffield United picked up Really good players. Sander Burge came, uh, and like a, that's a big name that I think people thought he was going to go to a bigger team than Sheffield, but that's honestly probably a good move for him. He, it's, it's a good step. But of all the names linked with Chelsea, who who would we have bought realistically that you would have said that wasn't a waste of money? 
someone like a Bruno Fernandez or um, yeah, no, I don't think we were ever seriously linked. They to were him. never really. Maybe even I don't, like P- Piatek, who moved to Hertha Berlin, who's been on awful form all year. He would. How many times have we seen Chelsea though go out and buy a striker who hasn't been playing well for their their season, their their other team, buy them in January, bring them in, and then have them not necessarily work out? Well, yeah, I mean that's a whole other discussion. I mean, I I just don't think many of the players that were one available uh, and two linked with Chelsea were, were, were really going to work out. And I think we would have ended up with just buying for the sake of buying, which, you know, would I have, would I have liked Chelsea to get like Drias Mertens in on the last day? Sure. But it wasn't feasible. I don't think he even wanted to come to Chelsea. So, you know, at that point, what do you do? You force something that's like not necessarily supposed to happen, or do you wait till the summer when there are far better players available who are more willing to move and make a move and push for a move? I think it's better to wait wait till then. I mean, I'll say I'll probably save this for the Champions League preview that we'll do in like the next week or two. But I still think we haven't heard the last of Olivier Giroud at Chelsea. I still think he has like a part to play. For, yeah, before the end of this season. All right, let's move off Chelsea real quick, and we'll quickly jump over to Liverpool's 4-0 victory over Southampton. Uh, this was I, I, look, I was very happy with the result, but I bet the I bet both teams to score and Liverpool to win, and I bet Danny Ings to score at any time, and he had chances and didn't finish them. But Mo Salah grabbed a brace. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain grabbed a goal. Jordan Henderson grabbed a goal and an assist. And Firmino, having three assists, just did all the dirty work again. He had a great game. Uh, but shout-out to Oxlade-Chamberlain, who, who's had game, who's had a few goals in the last couple games. He's really popping into that form. I feel like he was hitting... And at, on the way to that Champions League final two years ago, right before the injury at Roma, I feel like he's really finally starting to hit stride. He played in that left-wing position from, for Sadio Mane and played well. And mathematically, Liverpool can win the league on March 7th against Bournemouth as long, if they keep winning, which is... That's like a little over a month away. Yeah, uh, I may have already looked ahead at potential travel plans to come and celebrate it with friend of the pod, Mike. So, um, yeah. Uh, the worst part about that Bournemouth game, seven thirty in the morning. Well, no, because that means he gives you the rest of the day to. Yeah, <laughs> to yeah. Party. I mean, no, but like I have to wake up at seven thirty on a Saturday, which is going to be the worst. But like our last one was great. It was on a Friday afternoon, like yeah. two forty-five on a Friday. It was great. Oh, that's perfect. Twenty-four wins, one draw, zero losses. What? All right, okay. All right, you ready? For, you ready for that quick stat that I told you I had? All right, let's hear it. Sure. Liverpool points. If you if we if you split Liverpool into two teams, their home team and their away team, and just take the points from those games. I hate this. Liverpool at home are on thirty nine points. That's enough for fourth place. Liverpool points on the road is thirty four. They would still be above Everton and Arsenal on the season. Yikes. Yeesh. Yikes, man! Uh, but Arsenal are back, guys. But Arsenal are back. I, I don't know what to say. I don't even know we're what to say back. about that. We're getting the uh, we're getting the engines, engine room. We're throwing coal in it. It's getting moving, really slow right now. But yeah, slowly, slowly moving right now. We'll quickly move over. Manchester United took on Wolves. Bruno Fernandez got his debut. I, I'm not going to lie. I watched this game while I was making breakfast, so not really at all. But uh, anybody else? Uh... Did not watch it at all. Hands up. Did um, not watch it either. <laughs> I, I bet Wolves I think I to win. I through. Yeah, I was just, you know, I 
I thought it was going to be exciting, but it wasn't. And I watched a little bit of highlights. It, like you said, Andrew Bruno Fernandez looked looked okay. Uh, but did you use it as like a sleep the best aid? Player. Did I hear you yeah, say exactly. that you slept through it? You, you you were watching it and it put you to sleep. And it no, made I literally you sleep did. I had, like had it on like on the TV, but I was like sleeping while it was on and it, and it didn't excite me at all. I didn't hear it. Like the commentator ever go like, Oh, what a goal. My life. And it's all right. Well, I guess I'll keep sleeping then. Cause like, you honest, know, that's, I'll I don't do know if you ever do that. Do you ever put, put like, put a game on and just like, you're like, if you want to see the goal. So you wake up, if you hear like a goal being commentated. Or even if you just hear like the, the tone of the commentator's voice at that, like high pitched, like frantic, fast paced kind of game, like tone, then it like wakes you up. You're like, okay, fine. I'll sit up and I'll watch this. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, yeah. I, I've never done it with a 12:30 p.m. game, but a 7:30 a.m. games plenty of times. I've had it but, happen for the 12:30 game if I was up for the 7:30 7 7 o'clock game because I was uh, tired. But yeah, All exactly. Right, That's literally what happened to me. So moving over to another nil-nil draw, Burnley took on Arsenal. Javier, your uh, immediate reactions to this. Uh, I mean, it was probably games. a probably a fair result in the end. Both teams had a bunch of chances that they missed. Zero zero was a, a like a really weird scoreline for this game. Um, should have been again, like two two. Like, yeah, it should have been like two two. It was it was a weird game that um, both like I said, just both teams missed a bunch of chances defensively. Both teams played really well, and. It was, it was, it's something that like has surprised me under Arteta, how hardworking the team's been, um, how they don't give up and how like, you know, we've, we've been able to not concede as many goals. Um, but at the same time, it's been hard for the team to actually score goals. So, um, it's, it's the sacrifice that you, you have to be willing to make, but I think it's better to build from that baseline of stop conceding as many goals. And then we can, we can like keep building from there and we'll get the, 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 the pretty part of the game down. Like it, those, the flare players are there. It's just like, you have to get the hard work and you have to get the, the, like, you know, the, the positional awareness and all that stuff down that it, it seems like under Emery and, and under Lundberg, I mean, you can't blame Lundberg for this because that wasn't even a real coach, but under Emery and under Wenger, there was a very little positional, you know, awareness and there was very little emphasis on where they had to be on the field when when they had to press and under Arteta you know we've been able to establish a much better press and work harder and yeah I mean you can see it with a team like Southampton actually how they were struggling a lot earlier in the season and once they got their team like in working shape and they're pressed down and positionally they're a really good team now they're hard to beat and even though they lost 4-0 to Liverpool uh, Klopp was praising them and saying that you know the game was pretty close until you know yeah that was ex- that was not a four nil <laughs> no like it, it, it like it exploded and you know you guys scored a bunch of goals at the end and Salah had a couple like near the end but it was you know it it could have easily been like four two or 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 a more back and forth game so oh, easily um yeah and that just like with Arsenal now that that's how it could have been with Burnley and yeah we just. We're we're right now kind of walking on eggshells. We're like, if we we have a bunch of e- easy games, I said this was like the the start of our easy run. Away Burnley is not an easy game though, but um, this was like the the beginning of when we should we could start getting picking up wins. We really need wins in these next few games. So I'm really uh, seeing need to see like the team show up here, and and we could possibly 
you know, make make a late season push for that four spot because of how uh, how badly no, everyone dude, else four, is playing. Fourth but. is out of it. I, I was looking at this the other but day. Europa, fourth, Europa, fourth spot, I guess, is realistic. Yeah, fourth spot. I was trying to do the math the other day. Fourth spot is like completely out of the question for Arsenal. It would take like dropping points, like only twice more this season, and, and then they obviously have, they still have Liverpool the and City. Right. It's like that. It's like because uh, I remember talking about it and saying, but, oh, maybe I mean, you guys Arsenal may have already won the title the when we play you, and you could just like maybe run out your kids if you're trying to win the FA Cup in the Champions League. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what Klopp is going to prioritize and how. Same thing with City. If they're guys. if they're also just like you know a lock for top four, they might also City. Uh, yes, Liverpool maybe not because I could see us know. getting like results against both those teams later in the season if you guys just don't. I don't know, man. Have you seen our kids play? They, they they're pretty good. They're pretty good. We had a five five game earlier in the season. Remember? <laughs> yeah. That was, yeah. that was the craziest game this season by far. Let's move over. Tottenham get the 2-0 victory over City. Uh, Bergvine getting a goal on his debut against what a team to do What it. a goal, too, by the way. Yeah. Just on your debut, he, to just first time, just smack that ball in and play it. Play, play. He chested it. He, like, chested and quickly took it. Yeah. It was yeah, a very Raheem well, Sterling. It was touch, a very yeah. Raheem Sterling-esque finish. But it was uh, it, a very, very confident finish, and you just, like, were like, oh, my. Like, they only paid, what, $30 million for him? Uh, yeah, something like that. Let me it see. It took Pepe a lot longer to score. I just was like, come on, man. This guy gets to score immediately, and Mourinho goes crazy. It's just, uh, Mourinho's had a lot of those moments, you know? Himnitzan also got on the score sheet. Continues his iconic ma- manager, um, you know, moments. He had another one in the, in this, in this last game. It's 25 million pounds is, is that it's excessive 25 million pounds according to the independent uh, but yes Hinman son also got on the score sheet Zinchenko got sent off and uh, the one of the best like video moments of this game was Mourinho not rethinking that that yeah that's what I was talking Raheem about. Sterling I, was gonna get sent off and then not getting that was sent amazing off and him freaking Just, out so great not even knowing or registering that Raheem Sterling <laughs> dove to try and get that penalty and that he was already on a yellow and having to be told by his his assistant, Rafa Sacramento, I think it is. He had that immediately reacting and both of them just going crazy at the at the fourth official. That was yeah, that was hilarious. The fourth official was like, Whoa, 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 decades. what's going on, guys? You weren't mad like like it was like two minutes after like the initial incident had happened, so like the official was caught by surprise. You see the surprise in his face, like when both of them just start screaming at him. But yeah, classic Mourinho. What a win for Tottenham. Probably well deserved, I think. No. Maybe Can not. I- Lloris this save, this I guess. is a super city choke. The amount of chances they missed in the first half, two absolutely just like I mean, if if one of your players made the the mistakes that the that Zinchenko and Gundogan made in that game, you're gonna have a tough time winning. The fact that both of them did it just completely doomed City. Like the the to, for Zinchenko to have that challenge on. Uh, who was it? It was on Winks that like stopped him from the breakaway, and to get his second yellow with like with that, it's just it's just the biggest bonehead decision of all time. And then Gundogan has an even worse game, but manages to stay on the field, misses two absolute sitters, one in each half, and then obviously has the penalty saved. And by the way, why is Aguero not taking that penalty? I was about to ask just, that question. Just like a bunch of dumb things that you're just like like what are City doing? Like uh, like two. Absolutely golden Aguero chances in live play also that he misses. Like you're thinking they could be like 2-0 or maybe even 3-0 up at halftime. But instead they're, you know, Tottenham managed to hang into it. You have you have to give Tottenham credit. I'm not saying it's like 
only a city choke, but I would probably say it's like 75% city choking and 25% Tottenham being like worth the win. An all-time Mourinho just, you know, troll job though. You know what I mean? Like this is this is just one of those Mourinho like I didn't say like he necessarily had the best tactical game, but just one of those like uh, Mourinho he did it again. Yeah, but and they uh, they actually got a comeback win against Southampton in the FA Cup today as well, three mm-hmm. two. So they went on in that, and yeah, it looks like Mourinho's definitely revitalized their season a little bit. I know that they're I don't know they're too they're still too hot and cold for me to, to say revitalized. I think I they're, mean, they're be definitely around. in it for top four. They weren't in it for top four when he came in. They were really far off it, yeah. But they were yes. really far off. They're only four points off now. So I think you can kind of say he's revitalized their season. Put put them through to the to the uh, quarterfinals of the FA Cup. They're through in the uh, Champions League. I think you can uh, you can say Mourinho's done a pretty good job, right, so far. Yeah, yeah. They've I, got, I would, they've they got picked up Bearwine Chelsea and, in two games, and they picked up Bearwine and um, they picked up another signing, didn't they? Uh, the kid from yeah. Benfica. Jensen, Fernan- Jensen Fernandez, the yeah. center Fernandez. midfielder. Uh, he might be a quite a si- good, good signing as well. We didn't mention him, but and then Ndombele's like come back into things and playing well and basically scored today. Oh, also they have, a, they have a they have a their left back, um, Tungai. Uh, what's his name? In- Tanganga. Tanganga. He's, Tangana? He, he's a center back that Mourinho is just playing at left back. He's been really, really the old good. Joe Gomez in the uh, in the last few games at at left back for Tottenham and. Yeah, there's just like, like, like. I mean, I mentioned it on the pod last time. Like, a, definitely a new look Tottenham side. You know, they have a Lacelso Winks midfield. It, it looks very different to, you know, no Sissoko in there, and yeah, just a lot of a lot of different attacking talent movement. I mean, I know that they, like you said, there was a big choke job from City, but getting the result is ultimately all that matters in this business. So, Mourinho's getting results. Scale of one to ten, Alex, how nervous are you about Spurs? I'm not. I mean, I'm not nervous about Spurs. I'm nervous about Chelsea. <laughs> it's in our hands, and we're inexperienced. Like, why would I be confident? So, I'm, I'm nervous about Chelsea. But at the same time, if you ask me to, you know, have a home game against Man United and a home game against Tottenham around this time of year, coming off a two-week break and with a four-point lead, I would have t- bitten your hand off for that at the Fair. start of the season. So you have to be somewhat optimistic and think, you know, we've beaten. Tottenham just a month ago we've beaten Arsenal we've not beaten Man Man United like recently but you know it's the first time for everything so uh nervously optimistic but you know Tottenham Tottenham are too like you said Andrew hot and cold it's I I need to see like a consistent uh string of results to really be threatened by them specifically all right, before we get into the very shortened and brief weekend because of the winter break, let's whip through a couple of the uh, notable transfers that happened since we last uh, did an episode. Uh, we'll start with Newcastle, who got Bentaleb on loan from Schalke. Uh, he used to play at Spurs, if you uh, remember. Uh, Danny Rose, got they brought him on loan from Spurs. And then Valentino Lazaro, who is on loan from Inter, who just arrived from Red Bull Leipzig, was like supposed to be like a hot prospect for Inter and has not really worked out from everything that I've set, heard uh from I think it was Hertha. It was it was Hertha. I, I Hertha think, Berlin. Uh maybe was, you're right. I Lazaro was a Hertha, yeah. I I think he has I was looking at his Wikipedia earlier. I think he was at Rebel Leipzig at one point or another. Or Who maybe under twenty three hasn't? <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. No, I mean they're th- they're three they're three kind of uh 
you know, they're obviously cheap signings. They're loans only until the end of the season. I think all of the loan fees are only about I, like I think one Newcastle million will be each. safe with, with like. Oh, he's at Rebel Salzburg, not Rebel Leipzig. His, but his pictures. Ah, okay. That's why it's his Wikipedia picture is him in a Rebel Salzburg jersey, and I just assumed it was Leipzig because I knew he came from the Bundesliga. Got, they got two out of three experienced players there. Bentaleb's obviously, like you said, had Premier League experience. Kind of a different player than anything else they have, and a little bit more experienced. Uh, he's uh, he only left Tottenham because Pochettino came in and demanded that all of his midfielders, you know, grow a third lung and and work their asses off. Which that's not that's not his play style. He's more of like a facilitator in midfield and controls the game through passing and possession. Uh, Rose, everyone's obviously familiar with. He's coming down to the end of his Tottenham contract, so. I guess they'll loan him to the end of the season and then sign him basically on a free. So that's great for them, for a player of his caliber. Yeah, stature. He's been playing in the Champions League for the last four or five years. It's a huge, it's a huge coup for them if he's like committed to to what they're like trying to build on. And then Lazaro, I guess it's like a wait and see, see if he works out kind of signing. They've, I think they've just got three like really solid quality players that are pretty terms of like their overall talent are probably better than most of the other players they have in the squad right now and newcastle on 31 points right now which is only like it's only seven points out of the drop zone so they're not necessarily like safe but uh you know nine points away from 40 so they they might be okay here yeah you'd think so there's there's a gaggle of other teams between them and the bottom that you know you'd be way more worried about the other team that made a uh, made a signing that we want to hit on is Manchester United, who brought in Bruno Fernandez, who we've already talked about. But Odian Agallo returns from China. I'm surprised none of us cracked any Agallo jokes. Yeah, like, like that, that. That's the kind of signing that I want actually should have pointed to when talking about being happy that Chelsea didn't sign anyone. They like, got him on loan. He's a he's a Manchester United fan growing up, and like I read an article about how when he was at Watford, I don't think it, I don't think it can hurt. Like, Man United have enough money where this, this signing isn't going to hurt them. Well, I mean, it's not the money thing. It's more of the, like, it's, <laughs> it's more of they just dude. signed Odeon Agallo. This is like but Liverpool. It's just on play. loan, though. This I is, mean, it's like a six-month Hold on, hold on, hold on. This is, you know what this is? This is Liverpool replacing Luis Suarez with Ricky Lambert. They got rid of Romelu Lukaku, who's balling out at Inter Milan, and they're the, the striker that they have brought in, he's not a direct replacement. I understand it's on loan. But still, it's a temporary replacement for, for Romelu Lukaku is Odin Nagalo. Yikes. How about this? Rewind back a year, and on deadline day last year, Chelsea bringing in Gonzalo Higuain for a loan for, till the end of the season. Javier's absolutely crucifying that move yeah. a year ago. And, you know, that's a guy who actually has, like, clout in the game and has, like, achieved, like, a ton of Odeon things. Odeon played in the Premier League, Scored goals in the World Cup. Oh, okay. Odeon Agallo had a decent half season five years ago for Watford. And then he went completely cold and never scored again. He was not a good player. He, I, I mean, he's been in, like, Turkey since then. He's been, I think, in, in Italy since then. Now he's, now he's obviously been out in China. Just raking in dollars. It's... It's embarrassing. It's like if I was a Manchester United fan, like I, I don't know what I would do. I don't know what I would do. I would just be like, I, I give up. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm out. This is, this is ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I, don't, I don't know. Like, really, no one else? Can we not think of like anyone else? Could they not try and get Giroud from you us? You guys or didn't something? fucking get anybody. 
Cavani was available. You're, you're like making excuses, but like you guys didn't right. get we shit. We didn't force the issue. We didn't we didn't force it and get an Odie it's and Nagalo to come in. It's on for six months. Like, you should have gotten a fucking Odie and Nagalo because you have no help now for the next six months. At least now if they get... Like I said, At least Javier, now if like Martial Olivier gets injured... Giroux. If Martial gets injured, then they have to play Greenwood and then that's it. They don't have any other strikers, so they have to play Igalo. Like they got to get I'm someone. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that they shouldn't have gone and gotten someone. I'm right. saying for like, for like, they should have just. It's a temporary just... patch. I'm sure like they're gonna over the summer go and spend fucking eighty then or hundred million it this to past go buy summer. someone. Why would Why would you sell a striker and not replace him? Like I, you've, I have no They obviously no thought confidence. Greenwood would make the step up, but I don't know. I don't. I think could have you told can. you Martial and Rashford weren't going to be stay healthy all season. Oh, yeah, so could I. That's what I'm. I'm not like. I'm not just. I'm not like. Uh, if there's anything in, in Europe in English football right now that I don't trust, it's the Manchester United board to make the right decision. I'll tell you that because they're not. They're absolutely not making the right decisions. Everything's about money. Nothing is about actual football. Like go go look at Manchester United Twitter. Everything right now is Glazers out. Glazers out. And that, that's all. also also what I heard was that when it came down to like the. 11th mm-hmm. hour, right before the end of the transfer window. I think they've been rumored with a couple other players, a couple other like embarrassing names, like like Islam Slimani, yeah. players like that. Uh, supposedly, they just called like a couple of agents that they've like traditionally done business with in the past, and they were like, "Who have you got? What like who who have you got? Like who's one of your clients that's a center forward that wants to come to Manchester United?" And one of those agents was like, "Oh, I've got Odio Nagalo. He'll come until the end of the season." It's a, it's a joke. Like I would be so embarrassed if I was a Man United fan. Like it makes me so proud to be a Chelsea fan to watch like this absolute shit storm happen. I enjoy watching the mighty crumble. West Ham brought in Jared Bowen, a right winger from Hull City. That was a twenty million pound transfer, and he's got like thirteen or f- like fourteen yeah, goals this season. He's been pretty good from what I've heard. He's like he's like twenty three. We played against Hull in the FA Cup last weekend. He almost scored. He was he's a pretty good player. Definitely too good for the championship so you know maybe that's like a future robert snodgrass replacement and then thomas suchik i'm guessing that's how it's pronounced just because he's from slavia prague yeah uh yeah he's czech yes czech international played in the champions league for slavia prague this year he's like a good box to box slash defensive midfielder that's it's another decent signing but yeah they're they need all the help they can get. All right, well, speaking sure. of West Ham, we'll transfer, we'll, we'll, we'll bounce over that way to the weekend. They play Manchester City on Sunday at 11.30. Uh, West Ham's next seven games, they've got at City, at Liverpool again, Southampton, at Arsenal, Wolves, at Spurs, and Chelsea. And like I mentioned, they're uh, in 18th place on, um, on 24 points. So that's not great. Now, West Ham did pick up a point this past weekend they drew 3-3 with brighton which um alex hit on from last week's pod no i did not i had brighton winning in oh, both yikes. to score i was very i was very oh, pissed yikes. with that one yikes uh <sighs> well speaking of west ham i will be betting on them because well not them uh i have man city to win and three or four goals in the game at plus 150 that's in the match and totals goal double i i looked for like 45 minutes for bets this weekend because there's only four games and like 
Yeah, yeah, that, that yeah. one's all you. So uh, I like that, um, and I actually did a little research. I looked up all the games that Man City's like dropped points and like how they've come back, and all like everyone would anticipate like Man City just go pipe West Ham. They they beat them five nil to start the season, and all the games that they've lost, they've never like absolutely destroyed someone in the immediately in the next game. The only one that you can really kind of maybe say is after they lost that game to Norwich they went and beat Shakhtar in the Champions League in the midweek and then beat Watford 8-0 so uh three to four goals wait no isn't isn't that like the thing with City that or it has been the thing with City the last like two or three years they lose or drop points and then they come back and just I thought that too but then no, I went, no, I, I went and looked yeah. it up you're, oh, you're yeah, saying this, this season? season, like because I knew you were going to say okay. that because I literally went and looked it up. Like the last game that they lost was, or the last game that they dropped points was they drew with Palace on the 18th, and then on the 21st they beat Sheffield. They lost to Wolves on the 27th of right. December, and two days later beat Sheffield again. They lost to United, and then a week later they beat Arsenal three 0 They lost to Liverpool, and they beat Chelsea two one. So it's like some of those games, fine, yeah, those aren't opponents necessarily that they can just absolutely just beat down. But, and West Ham is in this situation. They certainly could put five or six past West Ham. I think the over three and a half goals is at minus 116, which is like, yikes. But Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, if you watch if you watch West Ham throw away that 3-1 lead, the first it was mm-hmm. 2-0, then it was 3-1 against Brighton, some of the mistakes, like Fabianski just flapping at a at a corner, and when he punches it, it goes in, it bounces off Ogbonna's back and goes in the goal. And then Diop for the the second goal or Brighton's second goal to make it three two. He tried to head it back to Fabianski and just didn't get enough on it. And Gross got to slip in there and score. Just really dumb mistakes that you're making those against Brighton consistently at home. You go up to Manchester City. Like I think it's time to talk about them seriously. I, why didn't we predict it when we looked at this run of games they've got coming up next? But West Ham are they're seriously. I'd say they're relegation favorites at this point. Like Burnley obviously screwed us. They've gone on and like turned their season around. Bournemouth even to a to a degree have turned their 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 ship around, but West Ham just keep on sinking and now these next 7 games, what is it? It's it's this at City, it's at Liverpool. No, but the the next 7 games for West Ham are at City this weekend, at Liverpool after that, home Southampton who are playing well, at Arsenal. Home against Wolves at Tottenham. Home. Yeah, Chelsea. they might just be like near the bottom of the table after that run. Damn. Yeah, that's a that's a really hard they're, run. They're already in the bottom three. <laughs> it's it's panic time. It's really panic time. And they've already changed the manager. They've played their cards. They've made their transfers now. And they brought I, in a manager who knows the club, quote unquote, because they brought back Moyes. Like they're not just going to can Moyes because he knows what's going on around there. But uh, just 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 to put it in the the you know maybe to consider. Norwich, West Ham, Aston Villa, all to get relegated, plus 550. That's the future right now. Norwich, Villa, yeah. West Ham. Plus 550. All right, let's put another <laughs> five bucks each honestly, on that. Let's make it, let's make up our lost money I from Burnley. Because honestly, I, I don't I, I don't, don't hate, hate that. it either. I, I wasn't crazy about the Burnley one because Sean Dyke I don't hate it either. All right. All let's right. make I'll our money back, boys. Wasn't it around the same? I'll, I'll text my guy as soon as we get <laughs> off the phone. Um, last time, last time I was. <laughs> All right, we just we just saved West Ham season. They're, gonna, they're about to turn it yeah, around. Yeah, if you're a West Ham fan, Venmo all of us at five dollars. Um, all right, 
Let's uh, let's go back to the start of the weekend. The 7:30 game is Everton Crystal Palace. This one could be a little decent one. Everton got a two, uh, three-two victory at Watford. Uh, like like Alex mentioned earlier in the pod, Mina uh, grabbing a brace towards the end of the first half in their uh, victory over Watford. Um, I guess I, I I think this game might actually be decent. I I was looking. I was trying to look at, at goal props because I don't think Crystal Palace can score, but I also don't trust Everton's defense. But uh, this one might be like a. I was looking for goal for for game for props for this, and I just couldn't find anything I like. But uh, I could also see this being nil nil. Yeah, I could too. Like both of these teams don't score that many goals, and defensively they've been pretty good this season, both of them. So yeah, I don't know. I'm uh, I could see this also being a nil nil, and just people not wanting to get up for this in the morning. But I mean, it does seem like I don't, I don't know Everton. Everton, Everton, they've lost right. once. Under I know Ancelotti. they've been pretty good in the Premier League. They've been pretty good. Everton but are probably going to win. This. I kind of counted. I, I kind of counted them out after I guess it was the first or second game under Ancelotti when they played Liverpool in the FA FA Cup or Carabao Cup, and they had their full starting team out. And you guys had the kids out, and they still lost. I kind of was like, all right, well, obviously not much has changed at Everton, and since then they've been like quietly up until now, just kind of going about their business, winning or drawing and. Uh, playing pretty well. They seem to have like a pretty settled team, and Calvert Lewin is like sneakily in like uh, up up to ten goals in the Premier League already. So you know they're starting to find like a, a preferred team with some consistency playing every week. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, are they above Arsenal now? I feel like they're definitely above Arsenal. They are maybe Ancelotti's aiming for Europa. Everton are. Everton Ancelotti are is probably They're saying on 33 being, points and Arsenal's on 31. Yeah, Everton. Everton are back. <laughs> All right, Brighton take on Watford. Brighton obviously coming back against West Ham, picking up some much-needed points. They're not not very far away from the drop zone. They're only on 26 points. Like I said, the drop zone is currently at 24, so they're only two points clear. This is a massive game for both clubs Watford in the bottom three right now so a point here would be big for both teams this is a huge game who do you guys like in this I keep coming back to Brighton I like him I just I just like yeah, Graham I mean, the Potter. way that they play but also Watford have been really good in the last you know under under Pearson so but they have fallen off a little bit in the last but couple of games. But they've kind of fallen yeah, off. Have. Yeah, and Brighton have been really good at home. They gave up a two-goal lead to Everton. They let Yerry Mina score on two set pieces in injury time of the first half to give up their two-goal lead and go 2-2 at halftime. And then obviously, like, the winner at the end is, you know, unfortunate, and Everton were down to 10 men, and Watford still gave that up to lose 3-2. It's... it's I, I'm not. I'm not giving up on Watford either. I. I just. I just really like Brighton right now. I, something about them. It's, it's Graham Potter. Just you know. Yeah, I mean they not, play really like good possession. Getting many like football, big game. good attacking yeah. play, and Malpa is a good striker who seems to be at the Premier League level where he could maybe get to, you know, scoring 15 goals a year for them and and keep them consistently in the Premier League. Yeah, I. I, I kind of like the draw, to be honest. I. I, I that's that's why I feel like a two-two, just a frisky two-two draw. To be honest, uh, yeah, I think there'll be a lot of goals though. I agree with you. I don't think there's gonna be a clean sheet from either team here. Have we had like a like a five-three like a goal bonanza in the Premier League yet this season? I, not like We've on the top of my head. Three. I can't think of one. Yeah, that obviously last 
last yeah. week. But you remember, like, I don't know, like I just remember, crazy. like, certain games, like, a year or two ago, like, Palace Swansea that ended, like, 5-4 or something, like, crazy game like that. I feel like this definitely has potential to be that kind of crazy game with, like, obviously, like, the relegation six-pointer factor taken into account. Liverpool had a 5-2 over Everton. Yeah, true, but that, like, wasn't really a contest. <laughs> no, we just absolutely destroyed them. It was a lot of fun. I had I had so much fun that day. Um, yeah, you're right. We really haven't had that. Uh, well, one game where it's not going to happen is Sheffield taking on Bournemouth. Um, Do you like goals? Well, you're not going to get them in this game. <laughs> Something along those lines. <laughs> this game has 1-0 written all over yep, it. Yep, 1-0 Sheffield. Or 1-1. One, one. Or 1-1. One, one. Or 1-1. Yeah. One, one. I like 1-0 Sheffield. Just and, and I'll say that I bet Sheffield. I told you to bet Sheffield. If you follow me on Instagram, at Andrew Passaro, at ASMOS92, at JavierRev9, at Pod. Told you to bet Sheffield last week. They were plus 125 on the road. If you can get Sheffield at plus money against any team that's not in the top six, you take it and you run because it's free money. Weird, quirky thought, but do you know what would get me to watch this game? If both Bournemouth and Sheffield played in their uh, their home shirts. You know, the red and black Bournemouth, red and white Sheffield you're sitting there you, confused as shit. It would shit. never happen, but you'd be shit. sitting there confused as shit, like trying to track runners and track the ball. You'd be like, what the hell is going on here? I mean, it would be absolutely it, crazy, and it yeah, would never happen. It would be, be pretty but, fun, though. It would be pretty fun. Players running but, into but each other. But that's what it would take to make me be, like, excited for this game. <laughs> Come on. It could be a, it could be a defensive yeah, masterclass I, from Sheffield United. I, well, every game is a defensive masterclass from Sheffield United. We all know that. Yeah, they're so. defense porn. Um, I'm, yeah, yeah, so... Um, all right, that uh, my bet of the week is Man City to win three or four goals in the game. That's at plus 150. I also kind of like Aguero to score two or more goals. That's at plus 180. Uh, I know he hasn't necessarily been in the best of form, but it's Sergio Aguero. He can decide when he wants to play well. And uh, just to just to look at it, just, just because we talked about uh, um, – a, uh, a draw, a score draw in the Brighton Watford game. That's at plus three forty right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and then maybe uh, bump it up with like over a certain amount of goals, uh, total goals. Yeah, if you took the if you took the over three and a half goals at plus two fifty and the draw at plus three forty, yeah. you throw. Yeah, but, that's a that's a little it's out there, but it's not the craziest shit we've ever told you to bet on this podcast. Yeah, I. Guess what? The Premier League is really tough to predict this year if you're not predicting a Liverpool game. Fair. Pretty fair. All right. Well, that wraps it up from us. Uh, we'll be back next week. We'll have, uh, let's see, we'll probably do some Champions League preview next week. Got to get on it. For that. Hype for that. Yeah. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Andrew Passaro at ASMOS92 at Javi Rev9 and at Ghost Goal Pod. And until next time. Bye.